Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to the Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. When assets are valued more than visitors. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're discussing Minute 46 of Jurassic World. But before we get to that, once again, going over to Jurassic-pedia.com, we have an article here from uh, back in October 2015 by Trenosaur TJ on Katachi Hamada. Um, full name, obviously, from the June novelization. We don't get his full name in Jurassic World, just a surname, but uh, we've mentioned before him being a uh, former team leader for Tokyo Police SWAT, mm-hmm. who later became the captain of ACU. Mm-hmm. Hamada is unfortunately a halfway cut character in this movie. I, As we've mentioned before, he was meant to have a much larger role, more akin to something like Muldoon in this movie. And I think it's even a greater, an even greater tragedy that so much of him was cut when they cast Brian T to play him, who is an absolutely fantastic actor. I, I love him in Chicago Med. He's like one of the main reasons I watch the show because he's just such a great actor, you know. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I was going to joke last minute with. Uh... Pretty much every every shot of him in this uh, in these couple of minutes, he's got a real stern, mm-hmm. uh, frowny face, and I just imagine that's the actor now. Whenever someone says, "Oh, you're in Jurassic World" or something, and he just <laughs> remembers back to how much he isn't in the film, <laughs> how much time he spent on set, but uh, it never translates to the final film. Yeah, I mean, he ends up with like three lines when he was meant to open with this really cool badass speech about how the Indominus shouldn't eat live meat. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, a little bit of a write-up here and uh, head over to Jurassic-pedia to check this article out and many more. You're going after her with non-lethals. We have $26 million invested in that asset. We can't just kill it. This man are gonna die. 300 meters to the beacon. You need to call this mission off right now. You're right on top of it. Call it off right you now. You are not in control here. David, ready to get into 46? Yep. As we're in minute 45 of Jurassic World, ACU was on site, heading into the jungle after the Indominus. Back in the control room, Owen suddenly realized that they were going after her with non-lethals. As we open on minute 46, Masrani says, 
We have $26 million invested in that asset. We can't just kill it. Owen says softly, these men are going to die. Owen tells them to call off the mission. Call it off right now. But Claire yells at him, you're not in control here. At the 12 second mark, we head back to the jungle as ACU continue to fan out, searching for the beacon and the Indominus. At the 25 second mark, the group come to a small stream. The martyr wades through the water, heading for some rocks on the other side, as the beeping from his wristwatch grows louder. At the 35 second mark, he sees something leaning against a rock and signals for his team to stop, and then kneels down and picks up a lump of flesh. At the 32 second mark, he turns it over and sees the flashing beacon underneath, and says into his radio, the blood's not clotted, it's fresh. Back in the control room, everyone's watching the screens. As Rani asks, what is that? Alan replies, it's a tracking implant. She clawed it out. Claire asks, how would it know to do that? And as we end minute 46, Alan replies, she remembers where they put it in. Last minute, Alan realised with shock that they were going after the Indominus with non-lethals. And Masrani explains calmly, we have $26 million invested in an asset, we can't just kill it. Yeah, yeah you can. can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, for a start, you're a billionaire. Um, you'd spend $26 million in a week flying your helicopter around. <laughs> um, the animal's proven to be a very high risk. Uh, you know if a guest dies, you'll never reopen. And how are net launches and shock prods meant to catch it? Where's the snipers with the trank guns? <laughs> I don't even think we've got tranquilizers. Like all the ACU, they've all got these electric um, electric rifles are supposed to put uh, shock the uh, shock the animal, but I don't see anyone carrying anything that looks like a tranquilizer rifle. Well, I think they do shoot tranquilizer darts at it when she finally attacks the group. But yeah, we don't actually see anybody with the gun, so I imagine one one of those guns they carry are a tranquilizer gun because we do see the darts get shot at her later, and she just kind of flick, flicks them off like they're mosquitoes. Yeah. Well, this here's a good little tieback or Easter egg for the Lost World. Have someone carrying that big, the big gun we see that either um, Sarah shoots, Roland shoots, or. Uh, the um the hunter in the back of the snagger shoots when he they're shooting the or going after the um fry tuck. <laughs> I don't know if they'd still have that prop somewhere, but they do actually. Have... Yeah, well. Yeah, I think it's a display in the Universal Studios office in L.A. Oh, okay. At least that way, yeah, it sort of seems like there's a little bit more <laughs> of plan. But uh, Alan's face falls when he hears all this, and he looks at Mizrani. These men are going to die. Um, very ominous. And Vivian calls out, 300 metres to the beacon. Owen says off screen, um, you need to call this mission off right now. And as Claire looks up at the screens again, looking fearful, uh, Larry calls out, uh, they're right on top of it. And Owen Morstone this time called off right now. And without turning around, Claire yells at Owen, trying to show some type of leadership. You aren't in control here. Uh, sadly, neither is she. Um, I was going to say, neither is she. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, her eyes start to glaze up, possibly upset that uh, Owen's come in trying to do her job or tell her what to do, but we cut back to the jungle as the troopers walk through the bushes. 
I don't want this to sound racist, but uh, why does the black guy have the most useless weapon <laughs> in that net launcher out of the rest of them? He also, almost needs a red shirt on as well, because <laughs> he's one of the first ones to go after <laughs> shooting it. <laughs> I mean, they all do. <laughs> yeah, they don't last very long. Uh, as Hamada leads, he looks down at the nifty-looking watch here on the underside of his wrist uh, with some real-time tracking topography on the screen. It's sort of weird. I don't know if there's a little bit of a sort of like hologram effects going on on this watch because the screen looks like it's got some depth to it. It might. I don't think it does, but I do. I do think that's an actual watch that he's using. It's like um, like one of the, I think it was like a Samsung watch or whatever. There's is. Well, there yeah, with the sponsorship, I'm sure it says <laughs> Samsung on it there somewhere. But they come out of the bushes and enter a small stream, possibly the same one they drove through uh, earlier in the vehicles. And this is pretty much as close to the Lost World feels we're going to get in the film here on this overdeveloped, mm. populated, safe place. These guys are in for a world of hurt in a dark section of jungle that could almost be the dangerous place on Earth. It's sort of... Yeah. Here we are, deep in the jungle again. No help, no backup. Well, like I said earlier, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie and this being part of that reason because it's so cinematic it's got the fog wafting it's got the creek running through the jungle the ferns everywhere it's just this is what jurassic park feels like and i Mm. just don't get that from most of the rest of the movie yeah yeah with the, the billions of dollars i spent on the park you've still got these little patches like this just primeval jungle Mm mm-hmm where they are not the most dominant species <laughs> at this current time. Hamada um, slowly walks through the stream and finds a piece of flesh on the ground by a rock. He picks it up and turns it over to reveal a flashing and beeping beacon, uh, which sort of looks mm-hmm. like a big tube from an old T old. Um, I can't remember the name of the TVs now. <laughs> tube TVs? Yeah, what, what do you call the old monitors that aren't flat screens? CRTs, ah. like, like, yeah, like old CRT TV or yeah. Wonder or something. <laughs> that The great thing about that, though, is the prop was 100% practical effect. It was a, it was just a lump of painted rubber with an actual flashing beacon in there. I mean, it didn't actually track anything, but it did the job to make it believable that it could. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that was one of those things they'd never, they didn't cover up with CGI at all or anything. Mm. And it's another case of films making something flash a beep so you know it's working. It couldn't just mm-hmm. be sitting there silent running. We've got this flashing blue light, which I doubt would have been visible through the uh, the skin of the Oryx, but it's in the skin of the Oryx, so why does it need to flash? <laughs> it's not as if you're going to just lift a little access panel and see if it's still flashing to know it's still working <laughs> when it's in the animal. But as uh, Hamada inspects the piece of meat, it says the blood's not clotted, it's close. And at the same time in the control room, we can see it on his camera feed, so they're seeing what he's seeing. And that time is still going on the screen. It must have been recording um, on their way out there in the cars because it's got 12 minutes on the on the recording, so I'm guessing it's taken them 12 minutes to get on site from the, uh, from the barracks. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they would also probably use footage like this for training purposes just to time themselves 
and go back and record and say, all right, that was good time, all right, that was bad time, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, Masrani slowly asks, what is that? And Armworks walks in from off screen. That's her tracking implant. She clawed it out. Um, Claire asks, how would, she, how would she know to do that? And uh, I'll, I suggest because it's beeping and flashing under her skin, so she knew exactly where it was, but Alan says, honestly, she remembered where they put it in. She's, I don't think we see on the animal later, but there's a, this is a pretty large chunk of flesh that she's chewed, <laughs> pulled out here to get this implant out. I think we talked before when we are talking about the siblings, just the size of this implant and it having to go in when she was probably a few months old just for it to be able to go under her skin because this thing's huge. Mm. I don't remember if we see it all through the movie, but I do know that we see it here in this upcoming attack. We see a chunk of red in her, sh- in her shoulder, and I think it's also in Camp Cretaceous. Oh, okay. Obviously, I haven't paid enough attention to that. But also on the size, too, like you see a lot of movies now where they have tracking implants that are the size of a Tic Tac or <laughs> small like that, but um, these have that added uh, bonus of being able to shock the animal if they get too close to those invisible fences, as we've mentioned before. So mm-hmm. an animal the size of Indominus, you'd, wanna, you'd need a fairly large implant to be able to create that kind of, kind of charge for it a field anyway not just keep on running <laughs> but uh, as the end of the minute ends we cut back to Hamada watching the uh, blue light of the flashing tracker and sort of wondering here is the only reason why she clawed it out to lure the team here into this trap uh, Claire said earlier it would shock her if it got too close to the park I hope it's not done so she can now go wherever she wants we've mentioned before about the whole Claire's dropped line earlier about the invisible fences failing. We know the Irex can go wherever she wants, and we're going to see that going after the Patasaurs and and the boys in the Jurassic. Mm-hmm. Well, we can see, and I think we see even better in with Camp Cretaceous in mind that the Indominus has really de- designed this entire kind of destruction of the park. I mean, it's almost villainous. <laughs> I mean, she should have no idea how some of these things work, yet she does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to destroy everything you know and love. (laughs) (laughs) Just for for creating me. All right. Uh, Anything else before we get to novel comparisons? Uh, No, I think we're good. All right. The these men are all going to die line is uh, what Owen's thinking. He doesn't actually say that out loud, but then he tells Masrani to call off the mission. Uh, after Claire yells at Owen, he watches the monitor shaking his head. Uh, when it came to the hybrid dinosaur, it seemed no one was in control. And all the rest happens per film. Uh, but one thing to note is this is the halfway point in novelization, and we get the center, uh, like all the novels, uh, filled with all those colored pictures from the film, production, all sorts of things. But sadly, there's nothing really new in there, apart from that, uh, that Avery internal shot that we got on the... Uh, I think the, there's movie cups, and the uh, there's also a shot there of uh, Claire and Owen post the poo smear, which we'll get to uh, a fair way down the line. We we still haven't got them going out after the kids yet, so hell, we still aren't even at the Jorophies yet. We've still got another four minutes before <laughs> we get there. <laughs> uh, so there's still a lot of this movie to go. Well, it follows in the true Jurassic fashion of the 
big vehicle destruction happening almost dead center in the movie. You know? Yeah. Yep. So I know that Jurassic Park and The Lost World both uh, both of those are almost in the almost in the exact middle of the movie is the main road attack and the trailer attack scene. Jurassic Park mm. 3 is the odd one out with that. Actually, I think I'd have to look, but I think that um that Fallen Kingdom is uh, is also another odd one out. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Again, I think the halfway point would be the um. Oh my! Uh, no, I think the the dryosphere going down the valley of the volcano erupting is further than the halfway point. Mm, uh, I, th- I didn't know. think it was quite at the halfway point yet. Oh, oh well, it's an, <laughs> that's that's a year away <laughs> at least. But that is minute forty-six, Dave. How about we get here for today? Sure.